For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. The Broncos Blitz Podcast. News and analysis to help you be a better Broncos fan. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast, presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, letter K, Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. It is a winner, winner, chicken dinner edition of the podcast. Going to recap the New York Jets-Denver Broncos Thursday night fight. Boy, it uh, got really chippy and tense in this one at multiple times. Going to give you the full four quarters of what I thought and saw from my point point of view. Uh, Of course, want to give you the heads up that, uh, well, of course, you can always interact with us on Twitter or on the email if you want to be a part of future podcasts, because I'm also going to get to your takeaways from the game as well. So at Ronnie K Radio on Twitter or on the email, Ronnie K at Mile High Sports. Dot com Again, the Broncos Blitz. You can find it on the many different locations. You can take it on the go. Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, MileHighSports.com. And again, always on Twitter interacting with you at Ronnie K Radio. So let's go over the stats really quick. Denver wins, of course, 37-28. Denver wins a close one for the first time in, uh, gosh, what feels like a whole year. Uh, Brett Rippon played, well, look. Real good, and then real bad. We'll get into that. He finished 19 for 31, 242 yards, two touchdowns, but did throw the three interceptions. Surprisingly, he was not sacked once. That was uh, good enough for a uh, a QB uh, or ESPN rating, if you will, one of their uh, quarterback ratings of 67.6%. Denver on the ground, 32 rushes for 117 yards. That's good enough for a 3.7 average. Two touchdowns for Melvin Gordon, who had his 100-yard day. Of course, he had the long one towards the end, that 43-yarder the longest of uh, the uh, day for him. That was not the longest of the game because Sam Darnold had that 46-yard run to get the scoring started, but we'll get to the Jets in a second. Tim Patrick, six catches, 113 yards, his first 100-yard day, a touchdown. That 40-yarder, of course, was targeted seven times. Jerry Judy gets in on the action with his first touchdown, that long 48-yarder from Brett Rippon, two catches, 61 yards. Didn't really become a factor in the second half. Noah Fant, five catches. Catches 34 yards. Fant went down with an injury, was carted off. Later reported by Adam Schefter, sounds like Noah Fant going to be fine, but certainly something we will monitor. And Melvin Gordon, two catches for 11. One catch each for Deshaun Hamilton, Nick Vanette, Roy, uh, Royce Freeman actually with two catches on the game. Jake Butt was targeted once with no catches. Denver did not fumble the football, but of course they threw the three interceptions. Field goal kicking wise, it was a very critical day for Brandon McManus, and he was perfect. Three for three, including the 54-yarder, four for four on extra points. Deontay Spencer almost uncorked a a punt return for a touchdown, but unfortunately a whiffed block from Tyree Cleveland 
could not spring him, and the punter got him. But a 41-yarder, that's the longest of, I believe, the year so far. Sam Martin, Sam Martin punted the football once for 49 yards. Denver Broncos defense holding Sam Darnold to 23 of 42, 230 yards. Sacked him six times. And for the Denver Bronco defense, boy, it was a field day for Bradley Chubb. Two and a half sacks, uh, particularly half a sack being rewarded to Shelby Harris. Josie Jewell getting two sacks, and then Alexander Johnson getting one as well, too. Although it should be noted, Alexander Johnson did miss a critical sack on that 42-yard touchdown run. Had him in the backfield wrapped up, and then... Darnold gets away. Darnold was uh, sneaky quick in this game, if you will. I don't know. Is that the way we're supposed to describe it? Uh, you know, he he had time in the pocket uh, to, to make some plays, throwing the football down the field, although it seemed very uh, conservative of a play-calling plan from the New York Jets. They... Uh, almost seemed like they didn't want to try to push the ball too far down the football field with Darnold. Uh, look, with Adam Gaze, you, you just kind of don't understand what he's doing nowadays. Uh, certainly somebody who's on the hot seat looks like he's not going to get fired after this game, but who knows, they could change their mind tomorrow and uh, he could be out obviously a long week. But Denver finally off the schneid. They get their first win of the year. They are now 1-3, and 37-28 over the Jets. Now, going through the game, uh, Team statistic-wise, this was a big game for Denver to, you know, um, inject a little bit of life into both sides of the football, and I think they did that with, uh, first of all, 37 points on offense. That's a big, big deal, and quite frankly, very good on third down, 6-12, 50% on third down, but on defense more than anything, getting the critical stop when they needed. Now, the the defense, and we'll talk about the defense more a little bit later in this podcast, but the defense at times, again, kind of became this bend but don't break. They eventually did not break, but boy, it was looking grim, and particularly against the Jets offense that, quite frankly, I don't think is very good. Uh, a little concerning, but regardless, Denver does put the clamps down when needed, to get the win. Denver finishing with 359 total yards. The Jets, 321. The Broncos did it on 13 drives and, of course, led through the air with 242 passing yards. In the red zone, 2 for 4, but maybe the most important stat for Denver and that defense, 0 for 3 holding the Jets, 0 for 3 in the red zone. But, of course, the big, big number that a lot of people are talking about post-game. It became the focus when Vic Fangio led his players off the field and avoided the handshake, avoided uh, altercations. 11 penalties, 118 yards, a very undisciplined game from uh, Adam Gase and Greg Williams, particularly on defense. Look, this should come to no surprise when you hear that name, Greg Williams. Yes, that's the same Greg Williams, double G, who uh, in New Orleans was caught with the bounty situation uh, teaches his defense to be uh, aggressive and at times look I I, I don't want to promote something that isn't actually happening but from the words of Steve Smith it's dirty BS and so th- this is a guy who it is no secret this is somebody who uh, a lot of nonsense follows him with his teams and unfortunately for the Denver Broncos they took a little bit more of a physical uh, a beating in this game that was more than necessary, but uh, certainly uh, that team getting called out 
towards the end of the game and uh, post-game by many analysts, and rightfully so, because quite frankly, it was just a, a, a very piss-poor ending to the football game. And I think if you're the Denver Broncos, the, the first thing that you think of that, that obviously you're very uh, appreciative of is that um, you know nobody got seriously injured, but gosh, I just don't understand why the NFL continues to let this guy coordinate in the NFL. It's very clear that there is a lot of dirty techniques. It's very clear that there's a lot of over-aggression that is happening. And some people may look at that and say, well, that's not, that's, that's how you're supposed to play football, right? You know, everything. Well, particularly towards that end of game sequence where Denver was trying to run out the clock. Essentially, they took the snap, uh, dropped the quarterback back, was trying to buy time and then throw it away. You know, it's, 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 that's a, that's a very, logical play call by the offense and it's also very logical for the defense to go chasing that quarterback it's not logical to lunge at the head of the quarterback and take a penalty it's a reason why it's a penalty it's because it's not allowed but that's something that is just instituted into a greg williams defense just by default it's dirty nonsense and it needs to be eradicated from this league i don't know why the nfl continues to allow this to happen uh, unfortunately there are going to be player careers that are going to be altered because of injuries like this because of stuff that he institutes and it's absolute crap Unfortunately, the NFL continues to allow this, and for some reason, teams employ this. Um, but you know what? I, I, I'm not surprised, I guess, because the Jets aren't really that well run of a organization. The Broncos in the first quarter uh, came out, and on defense, uh, it was a, a brutal first drive. You know, the, this was a drive that featured Sam Darnold, of course, scoring on that 46-yard touchdown, uh, multiple whiffs tackles from Justin Simmons, from uh, uh, Kareem Jackson just kind of getting caught flat-footed, and then of course we mentioned Alexander Johnson, uh, you know, basically had Sam Darnold wrapped up, and then all of a sudden Darnold just gets away. I, I think you got to praise Sam Darnold for that versatility, that kind of uh, sneaky athleticism that got by the Denver defense. But simply put, you can't allow that. You know, you just simply can't allow this quarterback who, you know, he's athletic, but he's not known to be Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes running around the football field and, and scoring on a 46-yarder. And by the way, Sam Darnold running right through the defense. I mean, he shook multiple defenders like he was a running back. That is unacceptable. You just can't allow that to happen. And that's kind of what got the tone started. And, and if you're a Denver fan, you kind of look at it and you say, oh my gosh, this nine-play drive, 75 yards, at the big, long touchdown from Sam Darnold, and now you just wonder, boy, can Denver answer? And Denver did. Uh, I thought right away it was very quickly that um, you know this was a football team that 10 plays, 70 yards, six minutes off the clock, uh, was led by somebody who was very poised, who kind of looked like he'd been there before. And major kudos go to Brett Rippon for somebody that I said on this podcast previously and on the radio show, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised to see this kid, uh, you know, potentially ball out. And he did, for the most part. We'll get to his mistakes. But for the first half of the game, even when Denver was down uh, 7-3, you kind of felt like, 
okay, this kid's got something in him. He's got a little bit of moxie. He's got a little bit of poise hanging in the pocket. Somebody who I think could, you know, uh, this could be something that the Denver Broncos could work with and, and may keep them in this game, if not win them the game. And now you went into the second quarter where Denver's offense really started to hit their stride. Uh, they get the touchdown, of course, on the, the, the Jerry Judy deep ball. And again, another example of Brett Rippon just simply having no fear, just throwing right down into the teeth of the Jets' defense and, you know, make what it is. It Yes, it was against the New York Jets, and the New York Jets are a terrible football team. But the, the fact of the matter is that you got to have that kind of mentality and that moxie to do it and again kudos to Brett Rippon for doing that because that that's something that you know a young quarterback may not exactly uh want to do or uh, may have a little bit more fear Denver instead gets a quarterback who's not afraid to just go right down the football field and have a fearless leader who's willing to throw it right into the teeth of the defense the Broncos then on their next offensive series, Rippon is trying to throw the football away. He's picked off by Pierre Desir. It's a t- this was the bad of Brett Rippon. There was good in the touchdown to Jerry Judy. There was bad in the the kind of stuff that just you can't have. You cannot throw a football away, and. Throw it near the sideline to where you, you you're rolling out of a clean pocket, by the way, and then you just throw it to Pierre Desir, like he's the wide receiver you were targeting. Uh, this is a terrible sequence for the Denver Broncos, and it really killed a lot of momentum. The the Jets actually get points out of this as they turn it into a field goal on an 11 play drive. This is the kind of stuff that allows another team back into the football game. They tie the game up, and again, you know, for a Broncos offense at the time scoring only 10 points, you don't even know when's the next time you're going to get points. So the, you know these kind of mistakes they just cannot happen. And it's funny actually. The next time uh, Brett Rippon had the ch- opportunity to throw the football away, you bet. You best know he threw that football away about two feet into the stands and uh, certainly was not going to allow that to ever happen. So, look, a learning mentality, a learning mistake, um, learning from the mistake, that's something that is very, very critical. But just simply put, it's inexcusable. You can't have it. What I thought was very impressive was the next drive. Nine plays, 75 yards in four minutes. This was the touchdown drive that Rippon had a couple incomplete passes but hooked up for the 40-yard gain to, to Tim Patrick the running game being a little bit more effective. And then we saw some creativity. We saw a little bit of creativity from Pat Shermer in utilizing Jeff Driscoll in the shotgun on the option and the opportunity to say, hey, we got ourselves a little bit of this kind of Taysom Hill type deal. You know, I don't know if Jeff Driscoll's the guy I really want running the football, but I kind of, you know what? I appreciate Pat Shermer taking what he has and utilizing it and working with it to the best of his abilities. They called on Jeff Driscoll's name. Jeff Driscoll uh, on the end around gets a nine-yard gain, and then there's that penalty on McDougal, the unnecessary roughness, where he's just launching himself at a quarterback who's sliding. Uh, It's just stupid stuff like that is why the Jets are winless, and I don't understand why they teach this, but they do. It ends with the Melvin Gordon one-yard run uh, for the end zone, and... For Melvin Gordon, that, of course, was just one of uh, two on the day that uh, really capped off a very solid uh, you know, day for him. In fact, his best day in a Denver Broncos uniform and one of the better days he's had 
as a pro. Denver goes into halftime with a 17-13 lead, and you start to feel okay. You know, this is a Denver team that, you know, maybe can start to put away the Jets. And then, you know, as Denver got into the second half, look, there was a time where Denver led this football game 27-16, and then the issues began to flare up for Brett Rippon. Uh, miscommunication with the wide receiver. It's uh, an interception to Pierre Desir on third down where, look, Rippon's trying to force the ball and trying to make a play. Desir takes the 35 yards. They get the uh, interception, and it puts the Jets right back into the football game. And then on the very next drive, one more time, Rippon, uh, a short right pass that's just it, – it's it's – these are the kind of turnovers that you just can't have. You know, in, in any other team you have that is, you know, not the Jets' offense, Denver probably loses this game. You know, this is a game that probably gets away from them. And so, you know, I, I look at this and I say, okay, there was a lot of positives here, but also you got to understand this was against the Jets. And so... You know, if you are the Denver Broncos, you need to understand that, you know, this was a great thing to build off of, but there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of shooting themselves in the foot that they just cannot have. It's Rippon's interception where he's trying to throw the football away and he throws it into the hands of the defender. It just, it's terrible. You can't do that. It's Tyree Cleveland whiffing on the punter on a block that, quite frankly, would have sprung Deontay Spencer. Spencer scores a touchdown, and that game isn't even close towards the end. That touchdown blows it open. It destroys the morale of the Jets, and and obviously it's just simply more points than they got, and Denver wins that game handily. Now all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you let the Jets hang around, and this is the kind of stuff that works against the Jets, and ain't going to work against anybody else. So certainly something that Denver needs to correct. End of game situation was very, very interesting. And I do want to get to that here. But first, of course, I want to talk about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. And look, here's the deal. Hopefully you had some skin in the game on those, uh, well, those those fighting rippins. And uh, if you did, well, maybe you came out a winner. Our friends over there at DraftKings. And I tell you what, boy, they got a good deal coming up for week four. Here's the deal. Of course, now with uh, week four, uh, game one, if you will, finishing up. No better place than to get in on the action with our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. And, of course, to add to the excitement of Week 4, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back that can't-miss offer. If you have not tried this, here's the deal. DraftKings Sportsbook, head to the App Store now because you do not want to miss. DraftKings Sportsbook giving all new users a chance to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team. Yes, you heard me right. You can place a $1 bet on any team. And if that team wins, you cash in a cool Benjamin. How could you pass that up? DraftKings, of course, just a tremendous platform that you can sign up for. Safe, secure, reliable, makes it easy to deposit, easy to withdraw your money. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code MHS when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week four, bet $1 on them, and then you can win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use the promo code MHS, but you've got to use this promo code. Promo code MHS during sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. you got to be 21 or older and in Colorado only. Profit, boost, terms and conditions, and eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 
4700. So, again, this Denver Broncos football team picks up the win, but the end of game sequence is what has really stolen all the headlines. Um, I'll, I'll fast forward to Denver's final touchdown, which was the 43-yard run by Melvin Gordon. Uh, Jukes a couple defenders, seals the game. The Jets uh, go basically four and out. They turn, turn the ball over, uh, and, and the game is over. Denver takes the football with uh, a minute three left, and they start uh, kneeling the football. The Jets start taking timeouts. It's a two-possession game. The timeouts are really unnecessary. It doesn't make sense. Denver tries a, a, a kind of like a basically to snap the football, to drop the quarterback back, and then just throw it as high and far and outside away as possible. This is a very typical play to burn as much clock off. The Jets, with a unnecessary hit, resets the clock. They basically begin to do this multiple times, and Brett Rippon taking some unnecessary shots and maybe more than anything, a penalized shot multiple times on back-to-back plays. This flares up the Denver Broncos' sideline. They're pissed off, and Vic Fangio skips the handshake and the sideline, uh, you know, uh, greetings, if you will, (laughs) if that's a way to describe it, basically saying, hey, our guys were pissed off and I wanted to avoid something that, uh, you know, could could escalate. Um, You know, I actually thought low key, thought it was kind of cool to see Garrett Bowles really get into the face of the Jets and he was pissed. He was pissed off because his guy was taking a hit. And uh, you know what? This was a game that was plagued with that throughout the entirety. We mentioned it, the 11 penalties, a lot of them just very unnecessary. And uh, this stuff is not okay. This is just simply not okay. And there's a lot of people with some really idiotic takes out there saying that this stuff is okay. No, it's not. It's a penalty for a reason. There's a reason why they call it a penalty because you're not allowed to do it. You were allowed to snap the football and send the quarterback back there and throw it as high and far as you can. And you know what? If a defender wants to chase him, they're allowed to do that too. But you're not allowed to lunge yourself at the quarterback's helmet in that situation, in that context. And quite frankly, you're not allowed to do that, period. But yet this kind of stuff still happens because it's Greg Williams and this nonsense that follows him. Because this is the kind of person he is. And it's a shame that the NFL continues to allow this because this is really gross stuff and it's really going to hurt somebody at some point someday if it hasn't already to the point of career ending or uh, maybe, you know, life changing for their family. Just taking these unnecessary hits, you know, I mean, who knows? Could there have been bounties up? I don't know. But you know what? For a guy who's done it before, why wouldn't he do it again? It's gross stuff, and I wish the NFL would get rid of it. It's just terrible stuff, and uh, the analyst, uh, Steve Smith, uh, on NFL Network, very critical of it post-game, and uh, obviously somebody who has played against this kind of defense before, he knows. He would be somebody who would know of this kind of gross nonsense. But the Denver Broncos do get the win, 37-28. Let's get to the Twitter feed, at Ronnie K Radio is where you can tweet us. And, of course, uh, look, this is a a Broncos win, so there's a lot of positives, but I do think there are some things that we could critique as well and try to learn from, but let's get your thoughts and your takeaways from the game. We will start with Sportsmem Online, who says they kept battling and earned a much-needed win. Rippon played his butt off, and we had a good game. Glad we have a 10-day break. 10-day break's going to be nice because, look, they've got to start to obviously preparing, but more than anything, trying to get healthy these guys just 
a lot of injuries again. Shelby Harris going down twice. I believe it was cramping officially. Obviously a little bit of a scare with Noah Fant. Bradley Chubb at one point was down. Like There, there was a lot of scary situations and scary moments at times. That freaking turf at MetLife, they, they need to peel that up and change it. I don't, I don't understand why they're doing all this stuff that they're doing with these Jets teams, but my goodness, it, it's just it's really weird and embarrassing, quite frankly. Uh, this is the NFL. Like, seriously, I mean, this isn't some low-key, low-budget nonsense. Um, 720 Petty says, Josie Jewell growing up as a linebacker, got some playmakers at wide receiver, fan injury, face mask, saved the day for the Broncos. Gordon Rippon did enough. Let it Rippon says, uh, a much-needed win, good effort by our backup skill players, bad penalties kept us in it, but also hurt us committing to the run game, helped. Um, you know, I, I think uh, this is a Denver team that, again, uh, it's fun to talk about the good, but I, I just stress they've got to correct a lot of these errors that they, they've been throwing out. It's a lot of these, you know what it is? It's a death by inches. It's not blocking the punter by Tyree Cleveland on that return from Deontay Spencer. It's these interceptions thrown by Brett Rippon. It's, uh, you know, these little things that start to gather, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, if the Jets don't have any dumb penalties because they're freaking morons, and if they have an offense that is moving the football maybe a little bit more efficiently in the first half after that initial touchdown drive, they start to utilize that momentum. Well, then all of a sudden, this is a Denver team that maybe finds themselves down at halftime. Maybe they're down going into the fourth quarter. Maybe this isn't even the game. You know, so certainly I I think the point that a lot of people making of – the Denver Broncos kind of being, well, still in the ball game because of what the deficiencies for the Jets were. I think those are very valid, valid points. The 504 Scorpion says, it was the Jets. CSU could have beat the Jets. Mm, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I love my friends over there at CSU, but I'm not sure they could have beat the Jets. Although, you know, the Jets are pretty bad. Uh, the point is uh, certainly taken. Ingle Richard says, Rippin is not a full-time starter, but could be a long-term Kubiak-type backup. Red Rocks 25 says, even with the win, Vic Fangio should go. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Logan Martin on Twitter says, that was a needlessly ugly ending. And Essential Worker says, well, they're not the worst team in the NFL. That's something. Yeah, certainly looking like, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's one of those situations where luck. You look at the game and you say, okay, they're 0-3, get a win no matter what. You got the win, you feel good about the win. But you also say to yourself, that was the Jets. We shot ourselves in the foot. We see the visible problem. So while it's nice to celebrate a win, it kind of immediately go back into this work mode knowing that they got a lot of things to work on. And this is a football team that could lose their next couple games regardless. And so... Look, certainly getting more healthy is going to help them out a lot. Uh, Getting some key starters back, Drew Locke included. I said on the podcast that it would not surprise me if Brett Rippon played surprisingly well. Had some good. He also had the bad. He also showed you why he has been majorly backup material. The three interceptions were just simply bad, bad decisions. And I think back to the one particularly, the first one where he threw it to the sideline, trying to throw it away, and he threw it right to the right to the Jets defensive back. Like that that is just such a 
brain fart that you just that's not starter material work you cannot do that throw it a million feet into the stands if you have to like i i don't know why that mentality creeping up and look you got to give credit to the kid because bright lights thursday night football first start only had about a week and a half to really prepare mentally uh or i i mean half a week i'm sorry you know it, it was a tough situation and he certainly came through for the Denver Broncos, but a lot to work on moving forward as well. And of course, all that work, well, moving forward, we will continue to monitor on the Broncos Blitz podcast. And of course, we want to hear your thoughts at Ronnie K Radio on Twitter is where you can follow me, or you can uh, email the show, Ronnie K at milehighsports.com. That's R O N N I E, the letter K, at milehighsports.com. If you want to rant, rave, whatever may be the case, whether it's about the podcast or the Broncos or life, I don't know, just email me. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. And, of course, for the Broncos Blitz podcast, always post it to milehighsports.com. All done with our uh, recap of this game. I thought, uh, overall, look, a win's a win. You take it any way you can get it because there aren't many of them that's going to be around here in Denver this year. So, certainly for Denver, kind of cools a little bit of the you know, overreactions that have been kind of floating around. Uh, good to see a good game from Brett Rippon, at least for the most part. Good to see a good game from Bradley Chubb. Good to see some, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of leadership from Vic Fangio towards that end. I actually think that that ending sequence was probably the correct move as far as holding those guys back, avoiding some sort of unfortunate altercation or fighting, whatever may be that case. Uh, and the Jets will Jets. They are who they are, but Denver moves on. They are one and three, and for the Broncos, of course, they will get quite the break. Of course, they will be off this weekend, and then they will get a full week of preparation, and they will need it because Cam Newton will play host to the Denver Broncos next week, uh, and it is going to be a tough game for Denver, and certainly they are going to need uh, some guys back getting healthy because that's uh, that's a massive individual to try to bring down, and of course Denver's not going to have their Super Bowl MVP who played against Cam Newton oh so five years ago. Von Miller, Denver will have to get that pass rush again, but it was nice to see that pass rush kind of come alive. Vic Fangio Blitzen, how about that? I never think this would ever be something we would see on a consistent basis, but it was nice to see Vic Fangio unleash the dogs and send him after Sam Darnold. Because I, I have always said that this is an Denver Broncos team that needs to blitz more. I like to see them blitz. I want pressure on the quarterback, and uh, Vic Fangio sends them a little bit more often, and certainly it paid off for Denver today. They get the win, 37-28. Denver is now 1-3. and three. They remain in fourth in the AFC West, but regardless, they are now off the schneid, and Denver gets a win. They will have now an extra amount of time to prepare for New England coming up not this Sunday, but of course next Sunday. You can tweet the show, tweet the program, the podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top rated sportsbook, at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R O N N I E, the letter K Radio. And again, you can follow the podcast, take it on the go, our daily Broncos Blitz podcast, five days a week, Monday through Friday. And of course, post game, pre game recaps on the weekends at Mile High Sports, Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, MileHighSports.com. A lot of great things. Go check it out over there at MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com. Later, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit MileHighSports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.